Is that the same robe you got me? Kelly. Oh, Kelly. Oh my God. You're listening to the My Lips Aren't Sealed podcast. Hey, hey, welcome you guys to My Lips Aren't Sealed. I'm your host, Kimberly Cobb, from season one and season two of TLC's I Love a Mama's Boy, available on Discovery+. Plus. Thank you so much for joining me today. In my podcast, I tell stories from my own wild personal life. I give away my beauty secrets and product recommendations, talk about my current faves in pop culture and social media influencing, and so much more. I release one new podcast episode a week, and I'm always up for suggestions. And if there's something you want me to talk about, just feel free to slide on into my Instagram DMs and let me know, at Kimberly Cobb on Instagram. And before I officially begin, it's going to be one of those podcasts I'm already tumbling over my words. Um, Are you listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts? If so, please make sure to click that follow button so you can get notified when new episodes come out. And if you're watching on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button. Creating this podcast wouldn't mean a thing if I didn't have you listening and your support means the world to me. With all that said, let's get started with highlights and lowlights. Highlights and lowlights. All right, so you know me, I like to start out with my lowlights and then work my way up. So for lowlights, I have two this week. So the first one is the 12330. So as I mentioned in last week's episode, the 12330 is a workout where you are on the treadmill and you go at incline 12 uh, pace of like three miles an hour and then you're on there for 30 minutes. And it's on my New Year's goals this year to just try to be more active in the gym and not so much to lose weight, but more so to give my put myself in the, a better headspace because when I'm working out, I just feel better about myself. So with the 12-3-30, it's just a trendy workout that's been going viral on TikTok this past year and girls of all sizes and men too, I'm sure, have been doing this exercise routine and it's really been putting people into pretty good shape. So I wanted to try it out and I will say the reason this is a low light, <laughs> I've done it a few times and I'm proud of myself. I make it through the whole thing, but the reason it's a low light is because I have to hold on to the handlebars on the treadmill because it's such a steep incline and I just don't have those muscles yet. So I feel like a little discouraged because I am just getting my booty kicked while doing this. And that's the point. Like I I still am proud that I'm going to the gym and I'm implementing that and, you know, putting all my effort in that I can, but it's a low light because I'm just not where I want to be at physically right now. And again, nothing to do with weight loss, just in terms of, you know, endurance. And so eventually I would like to be able to do that whole workout with not having to hold on to any handlebars or, um, you know, have any sort of assistance. So that is low light number one, but I'm confident that I can, you know, master the 12, 330. It's just going to take some time. Okay. Um, the second low light for me, 
I have just been this past week dealing with some relationship drama that I can't talk to you guys about just yet. But as soon as I can, I will fill you guys in. But I'm just going to have to leave it as that and be super mysterious. But it's been really, really hard what I've been going through. And I'm keeping this so vague. But I've been really going through it. And I have not been sharing that on social media. I haven't been sharing that really with anybody. But the stuff I'm going through right now uh, is just really taking a toll on my emotional well-being. And it will all be over, you know, soon in the next few weeks. But until then, my anxiety is just very high up in the air. And again, I will let you guys know in more detail what I'm actually going through when I can talk about it. But for now, um, that's all I can say. But moving on to highlights, because that's what we want to focus on, right? I personally like to focus on the good things that happen in the week. I still think it's good to address the low light, you know, because not everybody has a perfect week and a perfect day. And I just want to be able to share that with you guys and show that, I don't know, my life isn't perfect. Nobody's is. That's why there's low lights and there's highlights. So for me, for my highlights, I have three. So my first one, uh, I've mentioned this on my Instagram stories and briefly on TikTok as well. But Louie got an ear infection uh, a few days after Christmas, and it's a highlight because his ear's better now, and I'm very happy because his vet was very expensive, but when your baby is sick, you have to make sure they get better. He's looking at me right now. For context, I'm sitting on my bed right now recording. I'm all bundled up. I have my hot cocoa. Uh... I don't drink coffee for those of you who don't know that. So I have my hot cocoa and Louie is cuddled right next to me. And whenever I say his name, when I'm recording or, you know, doing something for social media, he always looks up at me and he's like, Hey mom, are you talking to me? Are you talking about me? Oh God, you're so cute. Anyways, back on track. Louie had an ear infection. His ear is better now. I'm so happy. It was expensive, but it was so worth it. Uh, you know, it's just we're living in a new city now, and the vet said that Louie, when I brought him in, he was the fifth dog that day to come in with an ear infection, and it's because of the allergies, because, you know, we, and we're, we're in a new city, so Louie's just not used to the the environment that we're in, so he's more prone to it. Also, I took him to a vet appointment um, right before Christmas, and, or sorry, a hair appointment, a grooming appointment. And they cut all the hair out of his ear. And he looks so dorky, but I'm like, I wonder, because the hair obviously protects the insides of his ears. So he was more prone um, to that infection because he didn't have that hair protecting his ears. So next time we go to the groomers, Louie, we're making sure that they do not cut the hair out of his ears. And also, yeah, he just looked super dorky. <laughs> it was just a bad haircut. Uh, my highlight number two, speaking of the groomers, um, I went to the human groomers. I went and got my hair done yesterday, and I don't know about you guys, but I just feel so much more confident when my hair looks good. My roots were grown out probably like at least an inch because I had 
a hair appointment last month that I had to cancel. And so it was just, I just waited way longer than I'm used to to get my hair done. And so I went to my hair girl. She's located in downtown Austin at the Bowie Hotel. And she has her own private suite and she specializes in blondes. And she's just so sweet. She's the sweetest thing ever. And I'm literally so jealous of her. She has like the most perfect life. So I'll just tell you guys a little bit about my hairdresser. She, first of all, she's just adorable. But she started dating this guy, I don't know, I think probably two years ago. She met him on Hinge. And turns out he's like from a super well-off family, which that doesn't make or break a guy, but it doesn't hurt. Right. And he's, you know, just from a very stable, good family. They've been dating for two years and on new year's day, she, they were on a trip in Utah in park city, Utah, because his family owns a, a home in park city and if you aren't familiar with Park City, it is bougie. That is all money, baby. And her boyfriend's family owns a home there. So they went there for the holidays. And on New Year's Day, he planned this sleigh ride for the whole family to go through this winter wonderland on this horse-drawn, you know, sleigh ride. And the horses are beautiful. You know, they're the super well-groomed. The brown horses with like the white... I don't know how to describe horses. I'm not a horse person, but they're just like beautiful horses. Okay. And he takes the family to the middle of like this winter wonderland. There's ice, uh, there's snow, white snow everywhere. She's beautiful. And he proposed to her and there was a photographer and it was just perfect. And I saw the pictures on Instagram and she just, she looked beautiful. It looked freezing though. So Future husband, if you're listening to this, I don't want a snow proposal. It's too cold for me. I can't survive. <laughs> but, and she even said that too. She's like, I was so happy, but I couldn't react how I wanted to because I was so dang cold. And I don't blame her. Um, so I go in to get my hair done and uh, tell her congratulations. And I ask to see the ring. So she puts her ring out and I'm like, oh my God, so beautiful. I was like, oh my God. And then I looked at it again and I was like, oh my God, it is huge. This three carat rock. I mean, beautiful. And I look at her and I'm like, what is your life? Like her life is literally a Hallmark movie. And... I don't know. I'm just so happy for her. And she's the sweetest person ever. So she deserves it more than anybody. Um, but I got my hair done by her and she's super talented as well. So she just gave me some more highlights. I'm trying to put some more depth into my hair because I feel like it is too, it's just getting too blonde. So if you creep on my Instagram, I used to have like more brown in my hair. I was always blonde, but I used to have like more low lights. And when I moved to Texas, I told my hairdresser, I said, Hey, I want some highlights. She said, okay, well, when you ask for highlights in Texas, that is a lot different than asking for highlights anywhere else because Texans love to just over highlight, over bleach everything. So when I went there the first time she did, 
I did my highlights, you know, as a normal Texan would, and it was just way too much. It looked amazing. Like she did an incredible job, but I was like, whoa, this is way blonder than I expected. And, but I liked it too. It was different. So I kept going back to her because she's really sweet and really talented. But now my hair is just getting a little too brittle and because I've just bleached it so much. And so this time I did a little less bleach. I'm going to try to grow out my natural hair a little bit more and just kind of do baby light low lights on that or baby highlights on that. Um, so she kind of, she started that process when I got my hair done the other day and she also cut my hair extensions. She cut like two inches off of my hair extensions. So my hair just overall looks so much better. It's healthier. It's perfect for the new year. And I just feel a lot more confident with how it looks now. And so that was a highlight for me because I just felt really pretty after leaving and I haven't really been feeling that pretty lately. So it was a good feeling to have. And the reason I got my hair done is highlight number three. It's because my best friend is coming into town this weekend and I am so, so, so excited. So my best friend, her name is Danielle. So not to get you guys confused, but I have two Danielles in my life. So there's the Danielle that lives here in Austin that I celebrated New Year's with and she lives here and we hang out all the time. And then I have my childhood best friend who's also named Danielle and we grew up together. We met in seventh grade and I asked her to hang out with my friends and I at lunch and she stood me up. She stood me up, you guys. And cause she, you know, it was that weird shift from middle, from what was it? From elementary school to middle school. And you're still hanging out with your elementary school friends. And I was trying to, you know, bring her, you know, into my friend group because I thought she was really cool. Anyways, it was like lunchtime and I was like, hey, girl, come hang out with us. And she ended up just like staying with her friends. Well, flash forward, what, 14 years and she's my best friend. I knew I was going to make her be my friend. I was like, "Uh uh-uh, girlfriend, you're not standing me up. I don't do well with rejection. So, um, no, but on a more serious note, uh, we ended up getting really close in grade seven, uh, towards the end of grade seven and then eighth grade we're friends. And then, yeah, we just became inseparable by high school. She's my go-to person. And we have both taken very different paths in our lives, similar, but different. You know, we both did the college thing, moved to a new city, but, um, now she lives in Florida. So this is her first time ever living out of Sacramento and she moved to Florida and she lives with her boyfriend, her long-term boyfriend, and he has a son. And so now Danielle's a stepmom, and they just finished building a house in Florida. It's beautiful. I'll, I'll definitely have to go visit and check it out. I mean, she has sent me pictures and just looks so nice, but I was able to visit her too over summer, but it was when they were living in a different house, but I'm so happy for her and she's establishing a really nice life for herself in Florida, but it's so weird when you're just living such different lives. I mean, I'm here in Texas, just 
I don't know, partying it up and dating and trying to figure out what I'm doing. And she already has it all figured out. And I'm so happy for her. Um, and I just really can't wait for her to come visit because I have so many things planned. I'm very, very excited. I don't know if she's ever been to Texas, actually. I, I don't think she has been. I know she hasn't been to Austin. So I have a lot jam-packed. As I've mentioned, I'm a huge itinerary planner, so on next week's episode, I'll talk to you guys about everything that we did, but I have something planned from like the second I pick her up from the airport. I'm like, here's what we're doing. Here's the restaurant we're eating at. Here's who's coming. Here's what you should wear. Because I think that helps people too when they're packing. Like, I'm not trying to stress you out by telling you what to wear, but I would like that if somebody were to tell me like, this is the occasion we're going to, and this is kind of how you should dress. And so I email her the itinerary of what we're doing because I'm, I'm that girl, but I just kind of say like, Hey, this is where, what we're doing, dress athleisure or dress comfy casual or wear like club clothes, you know, whatever, just to help her packing her, help her with her packing. But she said, thank you. So she's appreciative and she knows how I am but it's going to be a jam-packed weekend. I'm super excited. The only thing I am not excited for is the weather report for next weekend. And I'm praying this changes because I feel like Austin weather is so bipolar. I mean, Texas weather in general, from what I hear, is bipolar. But next weekend, it's supposed to be raining and I have a lot of outdoor stuff planned for us. So I'm really crossing my fingers and hoping that that doesn't happen next weekend because that would suck. I mean, for her to come all the way here, especially from Florida, she's probably not expecting uh, rain. Um, Yeah, I will let you guys know how that goes. Okay, and now this brings us to our main portion of this podcast episode, dating after a long-term relationship, my dating icks, and talking more about confidence. So the first part I want to talk about is dating after a long-term relationship. I've gotten a lot of messages about this from uh, both men and women who are trying to get back into dating after being with somebody for so long. And some people are asking about, you know, after being in a not-so-good relationship for so long like I was, and they just kind of want advice about how I put myself back out there and how the dating experience has been for me because it changes a lot over time. I mean, I hadn't been single since 2017 and a lot changes. There's new dating apps. There's, I don't know, everything changes. It seems like, so I kind of want to start from like square one. So when it comes to dating after a long-term relationship, The first thing I can say that it is so, 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 so important to take as much time as you need to heal. I want to repeat that. Take as much time as you need to heal. I will tell you that the second that I got out of a long-term relationship, my first thought was not, who am I going to date next? Of course, I was interested in seeing new people and seeing what's out there. And I was excited about the idea of my person being out there somewhere in the world. 
But I knew deep down in my heart that I emotionally was not ready to commit to somebody, to start dating again, and that I personally needed a lot of time to let my heart heal and put myself in a good mindset to be open to a new relationship. I know a lot of people who are capable of going from one long-term relationship to the next, and I think that is so incredible. For me personally, I just, I invest too much per like of my heart and I'm just a very sensitive person in general. So when it comes to, you know, opening myself up to a new relationship, it's hard for me to do that right away. Um, you know, before Matt, I was in a different long-term relationship uh, with somebody I dated from high school until my junior year of college. And he was a really nice guy, um, but it just wasn't a match anymore. And I realized that when I was in college. And after I broke up with him, gosh, I, I mean, I dated casually in college, but I didn't have a serious boyfriend until Matt. So I gave myself over two years, maybe three years. What was that? Yeah, like two. 2014 was when I broke up with him. And then I started dating Matt in 2017. So about three years. That is probably an excessive amount of time. <laughs> but I personally have a hard time not so much committing to somebody, but I have a hard time um, fully committing myself to somebody if I don't think that they're right. And that's probably crazy for you guys to think. I mean, a lot of you know my relationship with Matt and probably are wondering, well, why'd you commit yourself to him? Like, But I really did think that Matt was my going to be my husband one day. Don't get me wrong. Like, There are plenty of issues there that... Um, I'm not really going to talk about just yet, but for some reason I felt that attachment to him. So yeah, it was about three years in between my relationship prior to Matt and dating Matt. And I think it will be a long time after Matt as well, before I find somebody I want to settle down with. And I think I'll be open to casually dating soon as well. Um, I am on dating apps. I am like out there putting my feelers out, but nobody's really caught my attention just yet. So I don't know. I just kind of want to circle back and say, if you are coming out of a long-term relationship, just remember to take as much time as you need. And there's no amount of time. There's maybe it's one month, maybe it's three years like me. Um, but whatever you're, whatever feels right for you is what you should do. Don't pressure yourself. Um, let's say maybe you're older um, and you, you know, you're feeling rushed to start a family. Don't put that pressure on yourself. When you, when the right person is right, you'll know. So that's my little bit on that. Um, I also want to talk about therapy. I think if you were in a long-term relationship that wasn't a good one. Or even if you're in a good one and you just really are broken up over this breakup, definitely recommend getting a therapist and talking to somebody about 
what happens. Um, I am personally looking for a therapist right now. I think I have a lot of things I want to talk about and getting an outsider's perspective can be really key in finding that um, healing that you need for your heart. And so definitely recommend therapy um, after a long-term relationship. And during could be good too. It's always good. I mean, therapy is not a bad thing. And I think it's awesome how much that stigma has changed. I mean, now it's encouraged and people talk about it and they're more open. And um, whereas I feel it used to be hush-hush and it's not that way anymore. So I recommend therapy if you aren't already um, in it. Um, if And if you feel like you need to talk to somebody after going through something as big as a long-term relationship breakup. And that brings me to just putting yourself out there when you are ready. Um, when you are ready, I'll speak on my own experience. Um, it's been weird. I've only gone on one date um, since I've been out of a long-term relationship. And it was good. Like The guy was super cute. Um, we just went and got drinks, so it was very casual, um, but no real, like, deep connection, and after that date, I, I personally felt like, mm, I don't really think I'm ready for this just yet, I think I'm rushing it a little bit too much, and I need to give myself more time, but I am, I do have dating apps, I am on Hinge and Bumble, I am not on Tinder, um, I feel like Tinder has kind of gone downhill personally and I don't know. I'm not really trying to, I feel like, I feel like we all know what Tinder's for and I'm not trying to do that. So I'm on Hinge. I'm on Bumble. I've gotten a lot of great matches, a lot of cute guys, but I'll talk about this a little later on in this podcast episode, but I wouldn't say I have too high of expectations, but none of these men have met my expectations. So I haven't pursued anything past the apps because if you can't reach my expect my very minimal expectations just when we're messaging, I don't really see a purpose in pursuing a an in-person date or, you know, meet up or anything. So I'm just taking it slow. Um the guys have all been really nice, but I do think too in Austin people are, the dating scene is popping. Like the guys are super cute. The girls are beautiful. I mean, I kind of get the sense that not everybody is looking to have a serious relationship. So that's kind of something that I'm trying to figure out as well. It's just kind of figuring out how do I find a person who's looking for what I'm looking for? And there's also, I don't know if you, if you're coming out of a long-term relationship and if you're anything like me, I personally feel like I have a lot of walls that are up now. I mean, I have that fear of getting hurt again or getting cheated on or just getting mistreated by somebody after I'm, I've opened up my heart to them. So there's definitely that wall that's up right now for me personally. And over time, you know, that wall will start to come down, but it just takes time. It takes the right person. And it also takes gaining that trust 
between whoever I do end up talking with or dating. So that's something that I personally am struggling with is just being able to trust again and be open. So dating hasn't been, yeah, it's just been a bit of a challenge and I know it's going to get better. I'm not, I'm not worried about that. Um, but it just, again, it takes time. Another thing for me personally, which probably isn't that relatable to many people, but I kind of want to talk about it with you guys is, um, when it comes to dating, I don't tell anybody about the reality TV show. I keep that so under wraps. I would rather like, I don't have my Instagram linked on my dating profiles. I don't give anybody my last name. I don't give them my Instagram handle or phone number, not like well, phone number, but, um, yeah, not, no social handles that have my personal information on them. The reason I do this is because I would rather the person I'm interested in be interested in me back because of my personality and because they're attracted to me for me, not because I have a blue check mark or because I was on TV or, you know, you just never know people's intentions and I already have a hard time trusting people after what I've been through. So I try to keep that under wraps, you know, until I'm ready to tell them about that whole side of my life. Because how awkward is it for me to be dating somebody, them to find out my last name and look me up on YouTube and boom, there's me uh, getting engaged. uh, And they're like, what? Like, you know, my life is just open to the world. And I chose that and I'm not embarrassed of that at all. It's just not something that I personally feel somebody who is just getting to know me should know about just yet, if that makes sense. So I do have a very interesting story about that though, that I have to share with you guys. So I matched with this guy on Hinge and he is so cute. He checks all my boxes, you know, of things that I'm physically attracted to. And in terms of conversation, we're just really hitting it off. And so he asks for my phone number and we start texting and we just have great conversation. It's like very natural. He's making me laugh. And I don't know. I just felt like a really good connection with him and I'm a horrible texter. And so I just, I usually fall asleep and then forget to text back. So he was pretty good about texting me like, you know, once or twice a week checking in. And he asked me out for like a really nice date to this restaurant called the Oasis, which overlooks Lake Travis, which it's just I've heard mixed reviews about this restaurant. I've heard the views are phenomenal, but the food's like not that great. So it'd probably be a pretty romantic date spot though. So we're talking and New Year's passes, you know, he, I don't know. I was kind of being like, I was keeping my distance with him because I don't want to get my hopes up and get hurt again. Like I talked about, but we're texting and then I open up Snapchat and I have two Snapchat accounts. So I have a new one and then I have an old one. My old one, my Snapchat name has my first and last name in it, but I don't use that account. But my friend Danielle, who I mentioned is visiting soon, she'll randomly send me Snapchats to my old account. 
So I was bored one day and I'm like, oh, let me check my old Snapchat account and see if she's messaged me at all. See if she's like sent me a Snapchat or anything lately. So I log into my old Snapchat account and I had a friend request from that guy from Hinge that I was talking to. And I'm like, what? I did not give him my Snapchat username. Like, especially not with my last name in it. So I text him and I'm like, hey, you added me on Snapchat? And he was like, yeah, um, when I got your phone number, my contacts or your, your contacts synced with mine and it popped up. So I added you and I don't know, like that's fine if it was like a normal situation, but I personally like to keep the show and all of that craziness under wraps until I feel comfortable sharing that information with whoever I'm dating. So, you know, I asked him if he already looked me up on social media and he was like, yeah, I saw that blue check mark and I responded and I'm like, okay, like, it's my bad. I shouldn't have had my contacts connected, but I feel pretty weird about this now. You know, and, and in the back of my mind, I'm like, well, yeah, he probably saw me get engaged on YouTube. Like, how uncomfortable is that? And then I just begin to question what his intentions are. I mean, is that why he's been texting me so much and wanting to hang out? Is it because he's actually interested in me? Or is it because he cares about, like, the status and wants to, or, like, wants to hear more about the show? Or, I don't know. I already have pretty big trust issues with people, so... It just made me start doubting what his intentions were and it didn't really feel that great. So that was kind of a bummer because I was really vibing with him, but I don't know. I disconnected my contacts from Snapchat. Lesson learned. Never again. Um, But yeah, probably like, again, a unique situation that probably doesn't apply to anybody else, but... It kind of does in a sense. I mean, the bigger theme from that is more so that you should really try to be aware of what people's intentions are. And I'm always hyper aware, like, are you just using me for, you know, getting some action? Or are we on the same page and you want a relationship? And I think that can apply to you as well. You want to make sure that whoever you're talking to wants the same things that you do. And when you're getting out of a long-term relationship, you don't want to get taken advantage of. I mean, if that's what you're looking for, if you're looking for something simple and just a hookup, go for it. Like, do your thing, girl. But if that's not what you're looking for, try to be very aware of the signs that a guy is giving to you when you're starting to date and make sure that he has good intentions because not everybody's a good person. I mean, I hate to say it, but some people just, they will use you and they won't be looking for what you're looking for as well. So that's my little rant there. Dating after a long-term relationship is not an easy thing to do, but just give yourself grace, give yourself time Don't start dating until you feel that you are emotionally ready to meet somebody and 
when you do start dating, just be safe, make good decisions, you know, make sure that people are, you know, being good to you and they have good intentions with spending your time. So I'll keep you guys updated if I find anybody, you know, worth pursuing in the future. But as for now, I'm just going to continue to, you know, keep the pace at where I'm at now and not rush into anything because my right person and your right person are out there. You know, we just haven't met them yet. So it's good to be ready when, when we do meet them. The next portion I want to talk about are ICKS, I-C-K-S. And for those of you who don't know, ICKS are just a trendy way of saying turnoffs. So these are the things that since I have been out in the dating game and just, you know, briefly talking um, to new prospects, these are the things that immediately turn me off from the get-go. Okay, so the first thing are overly sexual and suggestive messages. Again, if this is what you're looking for, go for it, girl. Get it. Get your freak on. For me, that that's not a thing for me personally, at least right now. When I'm dating somebody, yeah, sure. But when I'm first getting to know, to know somebody, that's kind of a turnoff to me is when they're already trying to cross that line and be intimate with you without even building that trust and creeps me out and I don't like it. So that is my ick number one. Number two is not asking me out on an actual date. So the guy I did go on a date with, we went out for drinks, super casual. And I don't know, to me, that's not really a date. A date to me is something that take some effort into planning, whether that's making a dinner reservation or planning an outdoor activity like a picnic or, um, I don't know, a hike, just stuff that takes a little more research and effort. And that shows me that a guy is interested. If a guy is not going to put in effort to, you know, getting to know you and planning a first date, He's not going to put effort in throughout the relationship. I mean, he's showing you who he is up front and you just have to take it for what it is. The biggest thing I've learned is you can't change somebody. So, uh, yeah, just accept who they are from the beginning. If they want to put in a minimal effort, they're probably going to not put that much effort in during your relationship. Uh, Ick number three is not having career goals or aspirations. To me, that's really important. I am a very motivated person. I have a lot of goals and things that I I want to accomplish during my lifetime. And the person I'm with has to, you know, be on a similar path as me. They might not have the same exact goals at me as me, and that's fine. They might have different kinds of goals, whether I might be more career-focused and they are more like focused on their physical well-being. Whatever it is, as long as there's something that they're passionate about, that they have a drive for, that's what matters. And, you know, in terms of career goals, 
ideally my man would have career goals, but, um, as long as there's something that they're passionate about and that they're dedicated to, that's what matters, you know, to really see that drive in somebody is very attractive and to see somebody with no drive and no direction, no care for anything. That's a turnoff to me because I want to see somebody who, you know, wants something more for themselves and is going to want something more for us as a couple as well. Uh, the next ick is having a different sense of humor. I know that's a kind of oddball thing to throw out there, but the guy I went on a date with to drinks, great guy, super cute, um, had good conversation. He was very smart, but he just did not understand my sense of humor. He wasn't laughing and I'm pretty funny. I mean, you guys haven't seen me in a social situation, but I love making people laugh. I love having a good time, making people smile. And every time I like tried any sort of silly joke with this guy, he did not get it. And it ended up coming across as mean and I hurt his feelings at one point. I was like, damn. So just having a similar sense of humor is is really important to me. And it's a turnoff when somebody doesn't think I'm funny because I think I'm funny. And kind of piggybacking off of that, I want something. I want somebody who is funny and who doesn't take life so seriously. So if you are super serious and can't have a good time and let loose, huge turnoff. Uh, the last ick for me, guys, this is a, an obvious one, is if a guy is a mama's boy. I have such PTSD from the words mama's boy, um, but it's true. Um, if I see a guy on a dating app and he has his mom in one of his profile pictures, immediate red flag. I'm like, what's the deal? Like, why is she on your profile? It's so weird. Um, but if a guy can't think for himself and still needs his mom to make his decisions for him, obviously that's a turnoff for me, especially given my situation, but I am looking for a grown man. I mean, he doesn't have to be old, but a, a guy who's going to act like an adult and not a child really important to me. And a little bonus ick, speaking of dating profiles, guys who have their whole profiles as selfies, so weird. And guys who have their whole profiles as group pictures, very concerning. Also, I don't have time to look and figure out which guy you are in your profile if you're if all your pictures are group pictures. So, those are my icks. Let me know what you guys have as your icks. I'm so curious if we have the same ones or if uh, you guys have any different ones that I should think about because dating's hard. We got to look out for each other. So DM me on Instagram. Let me know. I'm so curious. Um, yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's uh, get on the same page. The last section I want to talk about is confidence. More so how I get my confidence and I am a curvier woman. I'm not a size zero and I love that about myself and I am a very confident person. I love how I look and not in a cocky way but you know I feel I carry myself well and 
I have gotten DMs asking me how I got so confident and where I shop or how I dress and a lot of questions revolving my you know revolving around my body so I wanted to add this little portion in today's episode and I have talked about this on a previous episode but first of all body positivity is what initially inspired me to start blogging I wanted to show other women that you don't have to be a size zero to dress cute and dress trendy and you know look good So there's a few things that I do personally that help boost my confidence. So I'm just going to kind of go down my little list and start from there. So the first thing I do in order to have confidence is to wear clothes that fit me well and flatter my body shape. Let's say you have a pair of size six jeans that have not fit you properly in years but you still squeeze yourself into them because you are attached to that number six and you want to be a size six. But when you wear the jeans, you don't feel good in them. They're tight. They're uncomfortable. You would probably physically feel better comfortably in a size eight or a size 10. That's okay. I think that the number sizing system is such BS and it is. And it's so true because I'm a size 10 in one pair of jeans and I'm a size, literally a size 16 in another pair of jeans. That many, that, that big of a difference in jeans. It's just insane. I was wearing a size eight last week and then I just bought a pair of American Eagle jeans, 18. It's absurd. You cannot get attached to the size of a clothing item and let that define you. What's important is to wear clothes that fit you well and fit you in the right places and that you physically feel comfortable in. As I mentioned, I wear clothes that flatter my body shape. So for me personally, I have a big booty. I carry some weight in my belly. So I wear dresses that cinch at my waist. I wear Spanx under pretty much everything because I have a big booty. Um... I love my chest, so I wear tops and blouses that are flattering to my chest and show off my collarbone. Um, You know, those kinds of things. Just being more aware of what looks good on you, what doesn't look good on you. And when I say that, I mean, what do you think doesn't look good on you? I don't want you to, you know, take other people's opinions and consider like don't don't think about it that way like what what do you feel best in for me I don't like when I my belly's showing I know I don't I don't like it but I have a really tiny rib cage so I'll wear crop tops that cinch right at my rib cage and I'll wear high-waisted pants and that looks so good for my body shape and it gives me confidence another thing that gives me confidence is taking time to style my hair and do my makeup well I hate being rushed. It stresses me out. So I make sure I give myself that time to make sure my hair looks perfect, make sure my makeup looks good. And that doesn't mean I'm spending two hours and doing elaborate makeup. Sometimes I'll just wear, you know, this the face products and mascara. But I make sure that I do it right and it's applied well, everything looks even, and I have that glow about me 
and it helps me look more put together. Another confidence tip is to stand up straight. I mean, that's pretty a pretty obvious one, but when you're standing up tall, you feel confident and you look confident. A way that helps me stay up straight, stand up straight, and I don't know if this is actually a trick or not. It's not really a trick, but I love wearing shoes with a heel on them. Not like a heel heel, but like, you know, booties with like a thick, a chunky heel. And it just makes me feel taller and more confident and my legs look leaner and I just feel more confident all around. Another way to boost your confidence, um, that I boost my confidence, is surrounding myself with people that make me feel good about myself. Cut out those people that are making you feel less than, that don't make you feel good about yourself, that tear you down or make comments about your body or what what you're wearing or the choices you've made in general. Um, You'll notice a big shift in your confidence when you start start removing those kinds of people from your life. Another thing to do is to just not compare yourself to anyone. And that's such a hard thing to do. I mean, I find myself still doing that. Um, Not as often, but it happens. But you just have to remind yourself that every single person you cross paths with or see on social media, they're in a different stage of life and everybody's on their own path and everybody's path is so different. So you can't compare yourself because you were all just so different. Another confidence tip is to smile. Pretty cheesy and obvious, but just smile and forcing yourself to smile. Of course, if you are sad, accept those feelings, embrace those feelings and sit with those. But if you are feeling out and about, if you're out and about and you're not feeling confident when you're talking, just start smiling while you're talking and you'll genuine, generally just start feeling better about yourself. Um, I have two more confidence tips I'd like to share with you guys. The first of the two is positive affirmations. Guys, I'm going to let you in on the secret, but you're not going to judge me, Okay. So I do this thing and it's called a hot girl pep talk. And I don't usually do this, but it's more like in a group setting. And you know, when a bunch of girls are getting ready and everybody's fighting over the mirror or like, you know, and everybody's starting to compare what their outfits look like, who looks the best, who looks, you know, I don't feel good. The confidence just shifts. This has happened on several occasions when I'm out with a group of girlfriends, we're all getting ready together. I make my girlfriends do the hot girl pep talk and I am going to say it right now. And this is the cheesiest, most cringeworthy thing I will ever say in my life, but it helps. It makes you giggle and it gives you a sense of self-confidence. So here we go. I made all of us look in the mirror. We're looking in the mirror at ourselves. You make eye contact with yourself and you repeat after me. You say, I am hot. Men want to have sex with me and women want to be me. I kid you not, say it twice, say it with a smile, you can giggle, but for some reason, the hot girl pep talk makes you feel better about yourself. And it's cocky and it's ridiculous, 
but it works. <laughs> and my friends will stand by that. It works and it's so fun. The last confidence tip for you guys today is not valuing your self-worth based on what others think of you. Base your self-worth on what you think of you. You are amazing. I don't even know who's listening to this right now, to be honest, but you're amazing. Every person is so unique and special and beautiful in their own way. And I'm not saying that to be cheesy or to fluff up your feathers or anything. I truly believe that. I love meeting new people and everybody is so interesting and has their own takes on the world and their own experiences. And everybody has, even physically, everybody has something so beautiful about them. And just remind yourself, you know, you are unique in your own way. You were made the way you were intentionally. And that's beautiful. So again, don't value value your self-worth based on what others think of you. Because you already know deep down that you are incredible. Okay, so that pretty much wraps up this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to it. Um, this is probably one of my longest episodes so far. Hopefully you guys stuck along and listened through the whole thing. Uh, If you did, I really, really appreciate it. On my next episode, I will fill you guys in on how my weekend went with my best friend being in town because I have a ton of stuff planned while she's in Texas and I'm so excited. And I am going to talk about maintaining long distance friendships after graduating from high school or graduating from college or when you move to a new city because I've done all of those things and friendships are so important and it can be hard with distance to maintain those. So I'm going to share some of my stories, tips, and experiences with you guys about that. If you had any questions about the things I talked about during this episode, send me a DM and a follow on Instagram at Kimberly Cobb, C-O-B-B. I'll be sharing new podcast episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. If you've enjoyed listening, which I hope you have, please make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button and leave me a good review on Apple Podcasts. I will love you forever. And if you want to be a part of the conversation, join me on social media by using the hashtag, hashtag aren't sealed and tag me on Instagram at my lips aren't sealed podcast or at Kimberly Cobb. Thank you so much for tuning in and we will chat more next week.